Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Jagai. Joining me, as always, is contributor Shane Kubis. We're going to talk about the Steelers preseason game they just had uh, this past weekend against the Buccaneers. A lot of exciting things to note from that game. We're also going to preview the Steelers versus Bills game, their second preseason game. Coming up on Saturday, uh, we're going to break down the off-ball linebacker position and make our predictions for 2023. Uh, before we dive into that stuff, Shane, let's talk about the news that's trending this week. And we'll hit things off here with James Washington got released by the Saints. I feel bad for the guy. Not really able to catch on since leaving the Steelers. He had a short stint with Dallas, got injured there. Pretty major injury, landed on, landed on IR. Only played, addressed in two games, in two games for Dallas before being released by them. Signed a one-year, one-million deal with the, the Saints this year. Couldn't even make it through training camp. And again, he's out of a job. I know some people are like, hey, maybe we can bring back James Washington. The guy just doesn't offer anything in terms of like special teams value. And I think at this point of his career, it's it's kind of a, a, a tale that's already been written. Yeah, unfortunately for James, I think the injury last year kind of sealed his, his fate as far as an NFL player because if he can't make it through training camp with the Saints – uh, with their receiving mm -hmm. depth just not really being there right now, especially with the injuries that they've had at receiver with Michael Thomas and other guys. It, I feel like that injury has affected him more than probably people assumed it would because this is a guy who is a weird receiver but was an effective receiver for the Steelers for the most part. When got when he got opportunities, he was always a big play threat, had a 40-plus yard catch in every healthy season for us. So, like, he can do that type of stuff. But clearly whatever, you know, burst he did have and, and that ability to create big plays probably just isn't there at this point anymore. Yeah, this is a guy that people were excited for. Steelers fans yeah. remember being excited. Back in 2019 with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges at the helm, he had 735 yeah. yards, made a lot of big plays down the field. Yeah, like 16-something um, yards per catch, I think, that year. Yeah, so, it, like, it was good. Yeah. And so, But from there, it's it's been all downhill, really. Yeah. I mean, he kind of drew a short straw in some ways and didn't get a ton of opportunities after that. But I feel like at the end of the day, I think that Washington probably was a receiver who was obviously was overdrafted, shouldn't, shouldn't have been a second-round pick. For what we saw, yes, he was incredibly productive in the Big 12. Yes. Yeah. But he just didn't have kind of the translatable traits in the NFL. Never really a separator. Always had to win contested stuff. And if you're only doing that at 5'11 and change, uh, you're not always going to be the most consistent in yeah. that regard either. So Washington kind of falling out of favor here. I don't think that uh, the Steelers will have any interest. Typically, those guys at the bottom of their receiver depth, they have to be able to play special teams. That's something yeah. that Washington just doesn't do. Um, Steelers are shuffling the roster, uh, the bottom of the roster here, Shane, we look at, we've got a few more weeks left of this 90 man roster and yeah, Omar Khan is, he's not laying down and, and, and just relaxing saying, Hey, we got 53 guys that we like. He's doing everything in his power to make sure that he's kind of cycling through and saying, what can we do? How can we get better here? And so, uh, earlier a few days back, um, they exchanged a pair of cornerbacks injured Duke Dawson, uh, was waived injured. And uh, Isaiah Dunn, they switched them out for um, a pair of cornerbacks here. They just recently signed Neville Clark and Lavert Hill. We'll see if either of these guys can stick around beyond just this next couple of weeks. And if, if anything else, they're changing the depth. Then the same at the running back position. Uh, they just cut Jordan Lovett, who they've only had in here for uh, uh, just a week or two. And then yeah. re replacing him. Um with Xavier uh, Valade, who is a guy with with a, a traitsy prospect there, a kind of yes, a guy that I yeah. thought would have been drafted this past mm -hmm. year, had a really good college career, Wyoming and Arizona States. Um, and then he signed as a, a priority free agent with the Texans, didn't catch on there. And so now he's with the Steelers. Yeah, that's the one move where I could see that having some interest, because I, I think if he can play special teams in any way, which maybe that's why the Texans let him go. Maybe he didn't show any chops in special teams in camp. Could be. Yeah. Um, but if he can, if he can be a special teamer guy with that athleticism, because he does have some traits that um, people that I 
talked to a lot. They, there's some guys that really liked him in the scouting process because of the trades. Mm-hmm. He's an older prospect, though. I think he's 24, if I'm not mistaken. So like, yeah. that plays a factor at the running back position, although I don't think he had a ton of college production, so maybe that's not a huge red flag there. But definitely a guy that at least has, I think, the requisite athleticism to make an NFL roster. It's just can he play a role that allows him to be the third or fourth back on a depth chart, which mm-hmm. right now I guess the answer is probably no, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and Valade is a guy. He's he's a lot flashier than, yes. than the John Lovett or Greg Bell or these guys mm-hmm. the Steelers have in there right. more so than than a uh, than Darius is. And so I think that he's a guy that is going to offer some intrigue. Like if he explodes yeah. for a couple big plays uh, these next two preseason games, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that there's a chance that I mean. Stewards are looking for practice squad help too. And so if they, if they get a guy in the practice, practice squad, squad guy, yeah. so, cause I, I have to feel like right now, at least Shane, it seems like McFarland is just so far above everybody else at, at the running back three yeah. spot, even though this is a guy that didn't crack that role last year. It was, yeah. it was handed to Benny Snell. And so historically what we know is that Steelers, they like their third running back to be able to play special teams. It's exactly. A necessity. Yeah. McFarland doesn't offer that, but what he has offered is a lot of explosive plays throughout training yeah. camp the last two years. Last year in the preseason, he averaged 5.7 yards per carry. He's really well on his way to yeah. doing the same this year, six yards of carry in the first game. And he had another, what, 20-yard run that was wiped away from a holding yeah, call. And I think so, so, yeah. I mean, if you look at that, four, four carries and you have two explosive plays and a touchdown, I mean, McFarland is doing everything that he can to secure that job, and I think yeah. that he's earning it. Uh, but I do, I, I like that, that Khan is still trying to say, how can I get the best competition in here right now? And so right. Valade is an interesting guy. Keep your eye on him. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does uh, against Buffalo. And if he can bust off a few of those plays, because if you go and look at uh, some of his, his college film, he does have that type of upside. He's the yeah. four, four, six speed with the 40 inch vertical, and he's a very explosive uh, football player. So I'll, I'm interested to see what he does there. Uh, let's talk about the Steelers versus Bucks here. Let's go. We're going to backtrack just a couple of days here because um, you and I do the show once a week. But I, yep. I want to I, I want to uh, touch on a few of these things, because in terms of preseason performances, Shane, it doesn't get much more impressive than the one that we saw. Now, again, it's preseason. The, the Bucks were missing a lot of players. It's not a great team, an opponent to begin with. But it, we we saw the things that we wanted to see. Like we wanted to see Pickett come out and, and have a very good first drive, and then so good, so good, so that Tomlin's like, I've seen enough. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what happened. Uh, the same with the connection with Pickens, who capped it off with a 33-yard touchdown. Calvin Austin was very explosive, had 96 all uh, uh, scrimmage yards, including the the 67-yard touchdown. A couple of nice plays on the end arounds. McFarland looked good. Nick Herbig looked awesome on defense. He, he gets my game ball for that. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought his performance was outstanding. Keanu Benton, likewise. And so we're seeing these, these young guys show up in their first preseason action, and it's exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, and so I uh, definitely had that feel going, at least for that game. We're going to see if they carry that into that. So we'll do our, our preview for that. But Shane, go ahead and rattle off a few uh, winners and losers from that game, if you could for me. So for me, I think the winners were really a lot of the young defenders, right? You talked about Herbig, Benton. I think Leal had a really good game. Like all those guys really showed some improvement, and especially Leal, because mm-hmm. we've seen him in the NFL last year. I liked what I saw from him playing, and he did play really true interior for most of that game. So, like, you got to see him in that role, which we both think I think is the best role for him is either yeah. five or three tech. So that was really good to see. Ben, you know how I feel about Ben. Obviously, he goes down with the, the ankle or foot thing. Hopefully, he's mm-hmm. all right. But um, really pushing the pocket, really just – he's just too much for the backup offensive lineman, right? Like, that's just kind of what it came down to is he's too much for those guys. And you want to see that with a guy that was drafted highly in this draft. Like, he should be beating these interior players that are backups. And so I don't want to give him too much credit, but at the same time, he did what he was supposed to do based on mm-hmm. his draft you know, profile when he was drafted, what they expect from him. And then you said it, Herbig. I'm telling you, man, I just had this feeling like watching him in college. I talked mm-hmm. to you about it when we drafted him. Like, I understand why there was concerns about, like, okay, is he going to be a full-time edge? Does he have to place him off the linebacker? This guy just knows how to rush the passer. Like, at the end of the day, like, you yeah. can look at all the metrics, and they are important, and some of them are good for him, some of them are bad. But he, at the end of the day, just knows how to beat offensive linemen to get into the backfield, and I, it translated. Like, we'll see if it translates, you know, long-term or even the rest of the preseason, but – even in camp, and you mentioned it too, like when, when you got to go to camp in person, like he's doing it to our players too. It's not like he's just doing it to the backup Bucks tackle. So really excited about those guys. 
I was so impressed with him. And, and that one made me so happy because yeah. I was, I mean, I was under the, th the same th yeah. thought process, Shane, where it's like, all right, I get you it. are 6'2". You bulked up to 240 pounds yeah, yeah. for the combine to make yeah. sure that you can pass as an edge player. And yeah. even then you didn't pass because 32 teams passed on you four times and Stewart's got him in the compensatory fourth round. And so it's yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm so happy with what I saw from him. I, I don't want to overreact right. to it exactly. because it is, yeah. you're going against Gadecki who did not have a good game. And so, but what I saw was remarkable. I mean, the, the head fakes, the, the dip, like the play that he got down on all fours <laughs> and pounced up like a wild animal to make the play in the run. I'm like, this is stuff that I haven't really seen from players before in the right, past. It's... So he just went, he wins in so many creative ways. When he, mm -hmm. once he gets in the backfield, he can turn on a dime yeah, and over. then just, yeah. and just lunge at the quarterback. I'm like, this is impressive stuff. And so I, I'm really intrigued by what he offers there. I think that there's a, a solid chance just knowing what we've seen from him in training camp so far from his first preseason performance, which was excellent, earned, earned an 89.8 overall grade. One of the best among all rookies uh, this past weekend. And so it just, everything that I've seen from him so far, Shane, it's, it's, I'm, I think that this guy could be that edge three for the Steelers. It's like mm -hmm. you could overtake a Marcus golden. I mean, you could yeah. you're that talented as a, as a pass rusher that you could potentially do that and be, you're the go-to guy. You're the guy that we send out there fresh on third downs to, to try to get after the quarterback. And I really like what I saw from him. He get, like I said, I, I love what Pickett did Pickens, obviously Calvin Austin, a lot of notable names to mention yes, in this game. Yeah. But Herbert gets my game ball. I mean, you play thir 13 snaps and you have two tackles against the run. You have two sacks on the quarterback credited by two from pro football focus credited right. with a sack and a half from ESPN. So whatever you want to use, he was the first guy there twice, mm -hmm. nearly came up with a third sack. He had one where yeah. he, he tripped, he tripped up uh, Kyle Trask a little bit and, and ended up escaping his grasp. It's just everything you could have asked for in that small of a sample size that we saw from Herbig. And so very pleased with him. He would be uh, uh, the guy that I was most impressed with as well all right if you guys have any questions for us you're dropping yes. in live here please drop them in the live chat we would love to hear your thoughts on the game or any questions you might have mm -hmm. up and coming please throw those in there all right shane let's talk about the linebacker position so throughout the summer shane and i if you guys have been following along we've been breaking down each positional group one at a time we've made our way to linebacker now yeah. and we want to talk about these off-ball linebackers here what kind of roles they're going to have uh, how the workload is going to be divided amongst those guys. And we're going to make our predictions for 2023. All right. So Shane, let's start off with this. The, the linebacking corpse looks completely different yeah. than it did last year. Like you've got Mark Robinson who earned a few snaps late in the season. Other than that, I mean, it's, it's entirely different yeah. from top to bottom. And so, yeah. which is, I think what fans were dying to see because it was so atrociously awful. Uh, the splits with miles Jack on the field last year were horrendous. Devin Bush was bad. Robert Spillane, the, the team naively, naively believed that he's a third down coverage linebacker all this time. And, and so we're getting a fresh new group of guys in here. We can't guarantee that we'll be better, but we, we can guarantee they'll be different. And so I think part of what comes with that, Shane, and the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is these guys are certainly more aggressive than the group that the Steelers just had. And, and if yeah. nothing else, we can at least say, yes, you are more aggressive. You probably are going to create more splash plays. You're probably going to have a lot more tackles at or near the line of scrimmage than the group that we saw last year. And really, if we're being honest, I mean, these linebacker, this linebacker group has not been good for the Steelers since the, the end of Shazier's career, since towards the end of Vince Williams career. Mm -hmm. and, and from those guys, like we've just gone through hodgepodge and you just can't seem to find it trading up to the 10th pick for Bush wasn't doing it. Um, we're going to see if this is enough. So Shane, let's start off with the big question. Who makes the cut here? I know in the past, it's, it kind of varies. Do we have four linebackers? Or do we have five? Who are those guys? So I think if it's five, which we did carry for pretty much all of last year, if I'm not mistaken, there's yeah. always five guys on the, on at least the 53 on that, that kind of special right, team that specialist mid, guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like you could argue Killebrew is kind of a linebacker, but that's besides the point sure. or whatever. Um, but he's obviously counting towards safety. So I think that if they keep five, Kwiatkowski is probably the out man out right now. There's six guys, I think, currently mm -hmm. on the roster. That's true inside linebacker. He's a, he's an older veteran player that is, is a smart player, but you kind of have that already with other guys. So, like, Muse would make mm -hmm. more sense as a special teamer guy and also a possible coverage player. So I would assume it's probably all of them except for him. So you'd be looking at Robinson, Muse. Holcomb, Roberts, and then Alexander, right? Who's the that's the guy that I'm most interested in talking about here because I think that even though Roberts is right now listed as the second starter at the sideline backer, 
those two are probably, assuming Alexander stays healthy and he plays well like he did in the preseason game this past week, he's probably going to get a similar amount of snaps to Roberts. I think those are the two that are going to flip mm-hmm. the most, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I would go with, uh, I'm going with five as well, and my five is going to be Holcomb. I think it's going to be that, uh, yeah. th- the main guy for him, their three-down backer. We hope so, you yeah. got Il- Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Quan. Uh, I'm going to go Mark Robinson, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go Tanner Muse with those final two spots, and I think that yeah. they they do round it out with five like they have done often in the past. Uh, Muse is a guy I want to see more from, yes, but I still but... think that he offers a lot in terms of special teams ability. Yes, that's the main um, thing, yeah. And they need that guy with that niche. So I think it's going to come down to it's like Muse or Kwiatkowski. Mm-hmm. Which one are they going to prefer there? Are you going to go with the younger, more athletic guy? You're going to go or go with the guy that has 2,000 plus snaps of special teams experience. Right. And maybe it's not going to be determined until these final two games here where they say, Possibly. yeah, one is yeah. clearly better in this area than the other. Uh, but I do think that uh, that would be my prediction if I had to make one right now. Uh, so let's talk about the workload of these guys, Shane, here in 2023. How do you think this is going to be divided? I have a, a, a rough idea. I'll let you go ahead and go first. So I obviously hope, and we kind of touched on it before, the Holcomb is the main snap getter, right? He's the guy who's on the field most of, if not mm-hmm. all the time, because we saw last year and the last couple of years where they just were determined to put Spillane on the field and, and Dime and other, and other situations, which I can't really still figure out why that is. So if they're going, if they just love the player that can't cover people, then probably it'll be Roberts that gets some snaps. <laughs> but no, I, I'm hoping and assuming it'll be Holcomb most of the time. And then mm-hmm. I do expect there to be a pretty sizable snap, like not difference, but a snap uh, aggregate between the two of Roberts and Alexander, right? Because Alexander is more yeah. of the three down player himself in terms of the athleticism that he still has, even as, as he's gotten older. He's just more capable in coverage, and then Roberts is the full on like he's if he's running at the line, you're good. If he's backpedaling, you're not so good. So it's kind of like you you want to mm-hmm. balance that out because obviously Roberts was brought in to bring that physicality in the run game, but you can't have that out on the field seventy percent of the time, right? So somebody's going to yeah. have to come in for him in those situations, and at least right now, it would make the most sense for it to be Alexander. So those will be the three top guys, and then. I assume Robinson will be the fourth guy, like the second guy off the bench if they need someone to come in to replace like a Roberts role. And then Muse is, again, probably going to be mostly special teamer if he does make the roster, but he at least has the athleticism to offer some coverage you know, upside as well. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you're thinking in terms of that so far. It's going to be Holcomb is going to be that guy that's the three-down right. backer. Unless, I mean, so, something crazy can happen. I mean, if Quan just looked like Oh, yeah. this guy's just making I mean, he, too many he's plays. He's the guy that could. Yeah, yeah he, he's kind of that. the wild card here. I mean, the Steelers got him on a very cheap deal. It's a one yes. year, $1 million deal. So he's a fraction of the price they paid for Holcomb. So obviously, the where the money tells you, money speaks. Yeah, there's so expectations the Steelers, put on Holcomb from for the sure. money. Yeah, yeah you, get, you get a three-year, $24 million contract. 27, I can't remember off the top of yeah, my head right now. There, yeah. You're going to play more than the other guys on the team. Yeah. And I think that Holcomb is, is a well-rounded player. Yes. Now, I think where Steelers are still lacking is having – do they have a coverage specialist guy? And I'm not sure that they do on this roster. Like I think yeah. that Holcomb and Quan are athletes. They they can do some stuff in space. Maybe Muse gets on the field. I, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't crack that bottom spot. I mean, he, he's got to crack the bottom spot first before, before he shows. Before we talk about him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and so I think that it's it's very safe to assume that Holcomb's going to be their three-down backer. Uh, Alana Roberts, he's going to be your in-the-box, your buck downhill linebacker very similar to a Vince Williams type where it's like you want everything happening three or four yards from the line of scrimmage. You don't want this guy out in space covering seam routes down the field. He's just not going to excel there. And if there's a guy that's most like him on the roster, Shane, it's Mark Robinson. I mean, in in terms of stature, play style, just their ability to take a guard head on, like those guys are very, very similar type players. I would have to imagine that Robinson, and I can't remember how they had the initial depth chart listed, but I'd have to imagine that Robinson would be like that uh, Landon Roberts backup. Where it is right now like on their depth chart right now on the, on the okay. website, it's Landon Roberts and Holcomb is the starters at right and, and left inside linebacker. And then Alexander's backing up Holcomb mm-hmm. and Robinson's backing up Roberts. So that is that, playing out how you would assume it would. Yeah. That makes the most sense the way that they have it. Now, by the end of the season, Shane, I don't know, just, just from what I've seen so far and knowing that how Quan is in space, at least still, even mm-hmm. at this stage in his career, I wouldn't be surprised if Quan ends up out snapping Roberts, even though Roberts is the guy making three times as much yeah. money. And so 
Uh, it's just one of those things where Roberts, I, I feel like is only going to be a situational player. He could be very good in his role. He could yeah. be good as a blitzer, good as a run defender. Uh, but this is such a pass predicated league anymore that I think that ideally if we're looking at a nickel situation, it's third and long, whatever obvious passing down, I think you're going to want to have Holcomb out there and you're probably going to want to pair Quan with him yeah. unless you're going into dime. And, and for this yeah. reason, Shane, this is why I was not a fan of letting a Terrell Edmonds walk away so yeah. cheap you for, could move for, him for down when there, you could yep. match for like $2 million because mm -hmm. he could almost serve as that dimebacker hybrid safety linebacker role. He can turn and run with a tight end down the field if you need him to uh, on third and long. And so they, I don't know if they have that guy. And so, and I know that the Edmonds wasn't a, a splash playmaker. Maybe they're looking for guys who are just going to create more forced fumbles and interceptions. And yeah. so that's certainly possible this year with the guys that they have here. Uh, but I am interested to see how that works out. That would be my guess. I think, I think they're going to find out if they don't try it that way, Shane, yeah. I think they'll find out very, very early that Roberts is not the guy that you want on the field on third downs. Neither will Mark Robinson be, I think yeah. it's going to end up being Holcomb and Alexander as your uh, pass coverage linebackers, if you will. Yeah. I think the only thing that might interrupt that, and it's really two things. One is how much do they want to blitz on third downs? Because if you want to blitz, mm -hmm. Roberts is going to be the yeah. best option to blitz. So you could keep him yeah. on the field and protect him by literally just not having him cover, right? And just bring five guys. All of Vince Williams. Yeah, the, right, the same, exactly. same type of thing. Yeah, they do so with that him. type of thing with him, or you also could theoretically, and this is something that I've, I want to see, and I'm hoping we get to see it because I know he is practicing now. Um, Keanu Neal, is, is he going to try to maybe be what you were hoping Edmonds could have sure. been this year had we retained him? I think that that's part of why he's here and not just to be a third safety. I think it is to also play some of that hybrid role that mm -hmm. he's already done before. So I want to see that and see if they actually do it before I say they're going to, but that would yeah. make a lot of sense too. Yeah. And, and speaking with some Cowboys and Bucks writers, the team that, <laughs> that Neil was on the last couple of years, they, they weren't crazy about him, especially the guys in Dallas. They, they didn't like how he yeah. was used there and he just wasn't very yeah. good. That was two years ago. Now he was on the right. Bucks last year. You hope that he can bounce back. I mean, this is a yeah. guy who was he was good early in his career, yes, but this isn't 2017 forcer, yeah. anymore. And he's had a lot of season-ending injuries yeah. since that time. So what can he offer there? Maybe he is a guy that comes. And, and But still, Shane, I, I still feel like I like Neil more as a just an in-the-box guy rather than an out-in-space, right. try to try to hip and knee oh, yeah, type of sure. player. So, yeah. so I, But I am interested to see how that, that uh, dynamic ends up working there uh, with their linebackers. And so... Um, like I said, I, I feel like at the very least, what we can say is this group will be more aggressive. They're probably more athletic overall. I mean, Miles yeah. Jack didn't have much left in the tank. And Bush, Bush, just, what, what, regardless of how Bush is or isn't, yeah, he, he just didn't just play like it. Like he's not the he, same. He guy didn't have the gas pedal down like these guys yeah. are going to. I think for the yeah. Steelers, so that that's going to make a big difference. Um, uh, let's talk about some predictions here. Let's make a few predictions. Then we're going to move on to our Steelers, uh, Steelers Bills preview for this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you have for us? For 2023, Shane, give us something that we didn't already mention here uh, when it comes to this group of linebackers. And I'm going to make a prediction once you do it. Yeah. It's going to be a really easy one compared to last year. Gotcha. Okay. So I think the main thing that I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen is more turnovers forced by this group, whether you that's forced mine. fumbles. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. And that, that's kind of, I think we're on the same page, right? Because we just did not yeah. get that from there was that group last year. There was no coverage instincts. There was no you know, batted balls, really. Nothing. No real impact plays from this group. And I think that, mm -hmm. do I think that this is like a, even top half of the league linebacker group, probably not, but it doesn't have to be right. Like not with the way that yeah. this defense plays. They just have to not be, get, be getting picked on like Splain was last year. Like Jack was like, mm -hmm. all, like all these guys were just getting picked on wherever there was an opportunity to. And they weren't even doing the thing that linebackers at least have to do. And that was fill in for the run, right? Like you have to at least be able to not just run and chase guys after they've gotten eight yards. You know, you can't just run up to the line and hope that they run in the arms like Bush seemed to want them to do last year. Like you, you have to be more aggressive. And yep. you talked about like this is definitely a more aggressive group. I think Quan Alexander, especially well, him and Roberts, especially, but they really encapsulate that. Like I'm going to come to you and end the play. I'm not going to let the yeah. play come to me. And we need more of that. Cause yeah. Is there a potential more for, you know, some big plays if they miss or if they miss the hole or they misdiagnose? Yeah. But like they were already happening last year at times. Right. And like, at least we have a better opportunity to get plays in the backfield to like, to get more interceptions and coverage. Cause these guys have more athletic, you know, ability at this point, despite again, what Bush tested at, he's just not the same type of player anymore. It's just, if we, if we don't get that, then not only am I surprised, this defense also probably won't be as good as it could be. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. 
Yeah, I mean, takeaways is the one that <sighs> yeah. you have to assume it's going to go up. There yeah. just wasn't any splash play at no, all from nothing. the linebacker position last year. And for as many as those top three guys played between Jack uh, snaps as they played, Jack Bush and Spillane, I mean, to get nothing out of them really was very disappointing. Yeah, it's very tough. Um, it, other than that, I still don't know what we're getting in terms of like coverage chops from these guys. But yeah. I do think, Shane, I, I'll predict that this linebacking group this year makes twice as many plays at or behind yeah. the line of scrimmage. And yeah. I don't think that that one is a, a, a hard prediction to make either yeah. because Roberts might can tell the total himself by just by himself. He might by himself. <laughs> he he might because that's that's kind of what he did in Miami is he's yeah. good coming downhill. And I think yeah. that Holcomb's kind of the same way that run and chase guy, a much more aggressive version of like what Bush was supposed to be right. uh, that, that type of player. And so I think a lot more plays at and near the line of scrimmage, Shane, and you kind of already hinted on it. If, if these guys are coming down, they're being aggressive. I think the aggressive is aggressiveness is going to help out overall. Like if everybody's right. being aggressive, chances are somebody's going to blow up a play more often than you did last year. Don't wait for the play to come to you. That's the worst thing you can do as a linebacker. <laughs> like you, you stand there flat footed at six, eight yards past the line of scrimmage and wait for the play to develop. Don't wait for it to develop. You let it come. You, you, you will go and attack the play. And if the Steelers linebackers can do that, they won't have to be perfect in every facet of the game. I think that that will make up for some of their uh, deficiencies, if you will. And so, uh, like I said, the biggest question mark still is their coverage ability. How are they going to be? Can they get teams off the field on third and six, third and eight? Are they going to be able to cover long enough to do that? That remains to be seen. But I think in every other area of the game, the, the aggressiveness in the splash plays, I think that's all going to uh, be uh, uh, exponentially better than it was last year. All right. Uh, let's see. Do right. you have anything else you want to add, Shane, to the linebackers here before we move on to our next topic? Uh, well, as far as linebackers go, um, again, it's just so much of last year was so difficult just to even watch, right? Because it's not even just being bad. It's being bad and also take like just taking it, basically. They weren't even trying to do anything about it, the players themselves. Like the coaching can tell them what to do, but – Bush especially mm -hmm. just had no aggressiveness to him at all. He was playing scared. Honestly, it felt like a lot of that was just, again, the athleticism I think has fallen off, but also I think he's just a step slow because he isn't confident anymore as a player. And, you know, we'll see if he can turn around Seattle, but like just the lack of confidence in their own abilities was really just very easy to see last year. This group, however, I think does have a lot more of that confidence going in, and especially Quan Alexander is a guy that, like, I really hope he gets on the field a lot because he's had a lot of injury issues in the past, and it sucks to see mm -hmm. or like that. But when he's been on the field, he's been a good player, so I think he can continue to do that for us as well. So yeah, and he was part of a very good Jets defense last year, and so I'm I'm interested to see what happens with with Quan this year, especially being surrounded by all pro players. Now you you're on a very talented team. Not that he wasn't last year either. Uh, we got a couple comments yeah. in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's great time to see you as always totally on top of things, developing Steelers. Oh, best wishes, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, and what else do we have here? Grant claims that, that the O that Offense, fields yeah. to stud, uh, tight ends can be, uh, virtually unstoppable. Do you agree with that? I mean, I think that's, I, I, I think that Washington is the perfect fit to pair with Fryermuth. Like I, I think that Fryermuth is today's F tight end. He's not as athletic as, as a Travis Kelsey, but he's a guy that can create space. He's a, a fantastic route runner, silky smooth, uh, soft, natural hands can do a lot of stuff after the catch. You pair the big bodied inline blocking Y tight end like Darnell with him. And I think that that could be one of the best one-two punches at the position in the league. I really do. And, and I know that this seems premature. We have not seen Darnell Washington in so much as a, an NFL game yet. But just watching what the 21-year-old was able to do uh, this past year at Georgia. I mean, the guy, there's a reason he's called, like I said, the extra offensive lineman because that is how he plays. And so not only can he do that, the guy can get vertical uh, down the field if you do run play action. I think that it, it is going to be a really, two one, a really good one-two punch. Um, unstoppable. I don't know if I'd use the word unstoppable, but I think it's going to be solid. I think that you're going to see the Steelers run a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of 22 personnel, because they're going to realize that you want these two tight ends on the field a lot. Yeah. And I think obviously Gronk knows a lot about that. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about the guy that he played with, obviously we'll just leave that alone, but he knows that two tight end offenses was capable of being, and this is a different type of offense that would feature two tight ends than what Gronk would be mm -hmm. used to or what he's experienced. But I think his main point is that if you have two guys who aren't traditional wide receivers, 
body type wise and skill set wise who are both able to impact the game while on the field together it's really hard for defenses to match up with them schematically especially now that that nickel is base you know we hear that all the time you know base defense doesn't truly exist anymore because base defense is nickel defense against nickel defenses dime defenses like these guys on the field together are just going to be really hard to deal with because if we want to run the ball you know, pass on a great run blocker, but he's good enough, especially put him in the slot and let him crack down on a linebacker or something. Mm. And then obviously Washington is basically another offensive lineman. So you're running against a light box with yeah. two guys who are bigger than receivers blocking for you. And if we want to throw the football, obviously Pat can play in the slot. He can play in line if he wants to as a, run, as a uh, pass receiver at least. And then Washington, you just let him run up the seam. And if they forget about him too long, you throw it up to him, he's going to catch you for a touchdown. Like it's kind of, it's pick your poison with that. And I'm, I'm hoping that they do mm-hmm. take advantage of it, even, even as a rookie with Washington. But if they don't this year, I think it's going to be coming down the pipe either way. Yeah, definitely good, Jim. Keep uh, keep your questions coming. If you have any for us, drop them in here. Um, I agree. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch these guys. Now I went back and watched the game and, and I watched the, the, the I, I'm, I'm a nut this way, but I've watched the, the first three preseason game three times. And so yeah. I, I went back and, and studied it a little bit more. And I do think that Fryermuth is still going to be that the better blocker on the move where the guy that can kind of yes. get out in space. But because I noticed that Washington did struggle there a little bit. If you're asking him yeah, to, to he, come he doesn't around, have as much change, like the ability to no, adjust to guys. It is. On the that's move. yeah. Yeah. That, that's hundred percent. But just ask him to straight up pass protect or to just be an extra offensive Mahler tackle and, and just, the, yeah. yes, he's going to be able to do all that stuff. And I'm interested to see how many times they get three on the field. If you count Connor Hayward as, as a yeah, tight technically, end. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see. I, I think that they can do a lot of creative things if Canada's willing to go that route this year uh, with the Steelers offense. And so uh, definitely, I mean, this is one of the very best strengths of their team. I would say probably edge because of all the money investments you got there. You got a, a former DPOI and then tight end. I mean, you got really good tight ends and you're really deep there. I mean, the fact that that Gentry might be your, your fourth best tight end on the team, that's it's a lot better than what a lot of other teams can say. So they're definitely a, a strong group there. All right. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you would like to support the Still Curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the Still Curtain podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all of your support. And like I said, if you have more questions for us, please drop them in the live chat here. Shane and I would love to be able to interact with you and, and get to those questions. All right, Shane, let's talk Steelers bills. What to watch for in the second preseason game. We were thrilled, obviously, with the first performance. Uh, and rightfully so, uh, we, we got to take it in context. The Bucks were missing a lot of players. Yeah. And that, it might be a straight-up dumpster fire organization at this point. I mean, they had their, their Super Bowl run. They are a couple years removed from that. And they're just not an overly talented team at this point. The Bills, on the other hand, this is a good football team. And I'm really interested to see how long they play their starters for. Like, I would ideally, Shane, I'd love for both of these teams to play their starters of the whole first half. I know that's not going to yeah, happen. Probably not. I'd love to see that. Uh, because this is a, this would be a great dress rehearsal game going against one of the top three or four teams, probably in the NFL, uh, for this upcoming season. So we want to highlight, we, we've talked about some of the biggest things we noted from the first preseason game for the Steelers. What are the, some of the things that we want to see from this matchup, Shane, and, and we'll fire through these. And if you have something that you would like to see, uh, drop it in the chat and we will get to yeah, that as well. Absolutely. Uh, I, I want to see a repeat performance from Kenny Pickett. That's one of the big things I want to see. Yeah. No, he does not necessarily have to have 147 passer rating or go down, march down the field and cap things off with a 33 yard touchdown drive. But you want to see this momentum continue. Like you don't want to see him take a step back and say, oh, he's playing three or four drives this game and he's scoring three points or 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 maybe even 10 points in a quarter and a half. Like you want to be able to see him kind of keep that momentum, push the ball down the field. Don't get complacent here. The preseason is a time to, to see what you can do and try to try to make some plays, make some things happen. And so uh, you don't want anything that's going to be like confidence shattering. I don't think that Pickett's confidence can be no, shattered at this, at this point, point, this point not from something in the preseason. So, but I do, I would like to see somewhat of a, of a repeat performance in terms of, wow, this guy just has it. He's got that it factor. I think the thing that I want to see the most is not just a repeat performance, but the way that he performed and how he went about it in the first mm-hmm. game and it was mostly just being completely in control you know being on time with everything because so much of this offense is limiting to a certain degree but if you run it 
really well, it still can be effective. It just isn't going to be as effective as you want it to be. So if he can do all the things right that they ask him to and then add his playmaking flair, that's what I want to see more of in this game yeah. is give him an opportunity to you know roll out, look down the field, throw on the run. Because, again, something about this guy throwing on the run, like most guys that have his yeah. arm talent are not good at throwing on the run. It, he just it doesn't matter to him still like it's basically like he isn't even like off platform he can just throw the ball the same way regardless and i will say and i'll, I'll ask you if you noticed this too uh, mm-hmm. before i mention it but uh, a friend of mine did get to go to camp uh recently and he mentioned that from going last year to this year and con even mentioned it too on on the pat mcafee mm-hmm. show kenny's arm is stronger which that just doesn't usually happen in the nfl like especially for an older prospect for his arm to be noticeably stronger and I feel like it is. And I think that it's not anything you know crazy. It's not like all of a sudden he's an elite arm talent or anything. But if he has a little bit more juice on some of the throws, especially downfield throws and some of the stuff over the middle, it, it, it's going to be a different type of, of player this year for him. Like, I really think so. And I will see more of that, give him more mm-hmm. opportunities to make difficult throws, you know, things like that. And I just I hope he gets more of an opportunity to actually show off a little bit per se. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and I think some of that shade might come from just the confidence level. And it's, yeah. it's through the roof. Like, you can see it when I was down there at training camp for a couple of days this year. I mean, the, the guy just overflows with yeah. confidence. And, and knowing that you can kind of just go out there and sling it now. You don't have to be so right. conservative exactly, with the yeah. game plan. And you're, you're going into your second season. And so I think that's part of it. Um, and, and so definitely excited to see what he offers there. Obviously the arm's never going to be, it's not going to be Josh Allen or Mahomes. No, it's, just it's never going to be on works, par with yeah. those guys. But I went even going back to 2021 and his, his senior season at Pitt, I thought that his niche, I said, if this guy has a niche in the NFL, yeah. it's going to be his ability to extend the play and throw yep. on the run. Two things that he's done a wonderful job of so far at training camp and the preseason. I'd like to see that continue. Because I think that that's going to be that's going to be just how he wins. That's going to be the other element of his game, the 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 thing that a lot of other quarterbacks may not offer. Whereas just yeah. as a straight up pocket passer, maybe he is on par with a lot of these guys. Right. But can he go above and beyond with the ability to hold the ball four, five, six seconds at times to get roll out, roll out, roll out, keep your eyes down the field until you finally find somebody getting open. I do think that he's going to be able to do well there. And the other thing that I noticed Shane too, both uh, in this game and when I was there at training camp is it's not just rolling to your right anymore. I know it was like predominantly like his pit career. It's like very good rolling to your right, not as good rolling to your left. He looks awesome rolling to his left. And I even, he had a couple touchdown passes when I was at camp rolling to his left. And so he looks every bit as accurate and as comfortable now rolling to his left as he did to his right. And so that's something to note as well. Let's see if that continues. Uh, in this preseason game. All right, Shane, let's talk about the running back workload division. Something I'm really interested to see here, obviously not just for this game, but for the entire season, how is this stuff going to be divided? Like Jalen Warren was just too efficient of a player, I think, to to get the the piece of the pie that he got last year. I think he needs to take a, a bigger bite of the apple this year. And so I'm interested to see if that happens. But even for this game, let's keep the focus versus the Bills. We've not seen Najee run the ball yet in the preseason. We'd have to assume that he's going to get a handful of carries in week two. I mean, I don't think they can go all preseason and say, let's not give Najee the ball at all. I understand trying to preserve his health. At the same time, you might be sort of, I have a feeling, Shane, that the Steelers are going to eventually take somewhat of a committee approach anyway, just because they're going to have a few guys in that role, especially Warren, that you're not going to want to take him off the field too often. I think he's going to be excellent in that third down back role. So I'm interested to see, uh, how the three big running backs look this week, that being Najee, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarland, who is in the clear lead for the running back three job, who, who, who again, McFarland, 5.7 yards of carrying the preseason last year, six yards carrying the first game. The guy has some ability to break huge plays if he gets out in space. So if these guys are given about an equal amount of touches, I, it, I'd love to be able to see what the results look like at the end of the day. So I'm very interested to see the the running back workload, uh, how that's divided this Saturday. Yeah, me too. I think that ideally you do want to get Najee some work, even though again, you, you want to mm-hmm. preserve him, but I think that he's, he has to be healthy at this point, right? Like he already was healthy at the end of last year. Like unless he's dealing with an injury we don't know about, which again is possible based on what, how it was handled last year, I guess um, he should be fine to get some work in, and he needs to get some work in and, I, I want to see Jalen Warren get a lot of carries in this game just to kind of get him warmed up a little bit because, like you said, he is going to have a bigger role regardless. And I think it's partly because they are mm-hmm. going to focus on running football even more this year to a certain degree. But he is going to get more passing game work, I'm sure, this year as well. 
Uh, his pass blocker has been really solid in camp. He's definitely their best pass blocker right now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be valuable for that if he doesn't go out on the route. Um, I have seen reports that Najee is getting a little bit more work in, in different types of routes, which is great because I don't think what they have done with him as a pass receiver so far has been very good for what he can do as a receiver. Because his main thing is his quickness at his size is really a weapon, and that's really good for the ability to run routes, and I've seen him do it at Alabama. So hopefully mm-hmm. when he does get out there, maybe those two can play with each other too as well, something we don't haven't really seen a whole lot of yet. Um, but I do want to see Najee get some work. I, I, McFarland is just so explosive, and I, we've talked about it for a couple of years now. Having a third running back you can just throw out there for a couple carries, and he might take one. It's just nice to have. And I understand the special teams value. They want somebody who can play special teams. That's great. I feel like it, with a guy like him that is so different from the other two running backs and having that extra skill set, like you can find another special team or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know it's not yes. that simple, but like in my head, I'm like, man, just because imagine Najee wearing a defense down, Jalen even wearing the defense down a little bit, and then you just throw McFarland in there for a second down carry. And he takes it mm-hmm. for 40 yards. Like we are the one thing that this running game, I think regardless of who gets the most carries, who's playing a lot, doesn't really have. And like Warren to his bet to a certain degree could possibly provide this, but they don't have the true explosive play threat, right? Like just not really how they're built. And that's okay if you can get explosive plays elsewhere. But McFarland could be the one that could provide that occasionally if they give him an opportunity. So I want to see it happen. We'll see if it does, but I just hope he continues to play well to give them something to think about at least. Yeah, and I was not a fan of the decision that they ultimately made last yeah. year, Shane. And we know why it was. You kept we know why. Yeah, it is over McFarland yeah. for his special teams ability. And I, and I again, I understand the yeah, reasoning. I totally get it. Yeah, I, totally I just get it. It, the McFarland though has impressed these last two summers. Now, has, yeah. give him a chance finally because getting nine carries over the last two years, I believe that's what it is, six Somewhere and three or there. something that something way. Like that, yeah. Very very small. Give the guy an opportunity to show what he can do because there aren't many running backs that run true four, four in the NFL who can take the ball from any distance. And I think that that's a trait that McFarlane can have. Calvin Austin's not the only player that's going to be able to run the jet sweep for the Steelers. Yeah. If they keep McFarlane on the roster, I mean, right. let McFarlane do it from time to time, be, get creative with those pony back sets, the, the two running backs and, and l- allow him to do some of that stuff as well. Uh, take, take some of the burden off of Austin that way as well. And so, I'm interested to see uh, if he continues to look as good as he has been. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like even if if Mark McFarland is always the the running back Shane, who he ends up going down on first contact or whatever, just makes one guy miss and, and goes down, then so be it. But I still think that there's value in a guy that can just hit a yeah, hole. If hard. he's your third running it, back, that's yeah, great. That's for fine. sure. So so very interested in the group that they have this year. It should be a fun group to watch. Uh, and I want to see, I mean, I, I even Najee, like I want to see more from Najee than what we've been seeing. If you give him, if he's, if he's running behind uh, Isaac Siumalo, yeah, the in, starting offensive line, improved yeah. offensive line that they have, can he do it with the same efficiency that Warren is doing it or higher? And so uh, let, it'll be interesting to, to see how this plays out uh, this week for the Steelers running backs. Um, what about uh, improvement from the Steelers linebackers this week? I know that uh, Quan had a lot of splash plays in that first game there. I uh, had a couple of negative plays as well, but yeah. still a good game overall because of, of the plays, the heads up plays he was able to make there um, in terms of like, I, I want to see more from Holcomb. Like Holcomb was kind of just there played quite a few snaps and didn't really make an impact. Same for Tanner yeah. Muse who graded out as the Steelers worst player um, in, in yeah, the first have a great game. defensive performance now. Yeah, No, definitely let some, some big plays up down the field. You just want to see more in general out of these guys. These are athletic linebackers, especially between like Holcomb and Muse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I want to see more from them, uh, in the second game, even with like Elena Roberts, obviously just played a couple of snaps and then Mark Robinson, how are those guys going to be? We, we want to see your dominance coming downhill, see if you can offer anything outside of that at all. Um, but just more from the linebackers overall. Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I think. Yeah, really against a Bills team that has has not historically been especially last year they were effective running the ball when they did it but they just didn't do it much and i think that 
Singletary, even though they had to eventually upgrade from him athletically, like he mm. was still very effective his whole career. Yeah. Just on a yards per carry basis. Like he was not an explosive player, wasn't a great pass catch or anything like that, but he 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 did his job well. So facing a Bills team that does have some question marks on the in their run game, especially because their offensive line is still a little questionable to me. Like it's just not mm. something that's a huge strength of that team, at least I don't think. I want to see these, especially the run defenders, kind of impose their will on this group, right? Like that's yeah. what I want to see happen. And then the, the coverage in the preseason with linebackers, like I feel like a lot of the time, like everything's pretty basic, so it's not that hard to manipulate them. It's not hard to kind of avoid some guys in coverage. But I do want to see more from Holcomb, like you said too, if he's going to play a lot of snaps, right? Because he might, mm-hmm. based on how the Week One preseason went. So um, just seeing more, like you said, from these guys, a couple more big plays because Alexander's really the only one that made true like impact plays. I think. In that yeah. Game. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that uh, we would all love to see, especially again. We got a fresh, completely new linebacking corpse here. Yes, we got to make see sure what some of these guys can do. Yeah. It's it's got to be better than last year. And again, we, yeah, we it will this. be. But it's yeah. hard to go down. But yet, yeah. Shane, I remember we said that about Randy Fickner to Matt Canada, and somehow <laughs> it went down these last two years, where Steelers went from twenty six point six points a game, and then you dropped down to to nineteen point one last year. Yeah. Not ideal. So no. you can go down. We really hope it's not happening with the linebacking room. And I don't expect yeah. it to. I yeah, think it'd be really be hard for that to happen. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, Nick Herbig, this is a guy, he might be the single most uh, player that I'm most excited to watch. Can he repeat his performance? Because right. we saw what he did on 13 snaps. My goodness. If the guy can come out here against Buffalo and do very similar stuff that, that we saw in, in his first ever Steelers performance, I'll be very pleased with that. And that'll be even it just, even added confidence that no, this guy does not have to switch positions. Yes. He can hold up on the edge. And some reason, Shane, it didn't seem like it mattered uh, in the first week that whether it was a run player pass play, like he was, he was going to be in on it somehow. He was going to find a, a way to get uh, near the ball. And that's what he did. And so uh, I want to see if he's able to, to, to repeat um, in this game. I'd like to see him get some work with the starters. Like maybe only yeah. have Watt out there for a series, put in Herbig and then have him go against that big offensive line, uh, of the Bills and, and see if he can do anything against the, the starting Bills offense. So I, I'd like to be able to, for those two things to line up and say, here's your chance. Go out and play against this starting unit of, of one of the best teams in the league here and then see what you can do. So, and if he can do it again, that, that's that's going to be really impressive, I think. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point is the fact that it's very unlikely we see TJ Watt very much at all, right? Like at this point, yeah, yeah. there's no reason for that for like a million mm-hmm. reasons that I can think of right off the top of my head. So it's very likely that, you know, depending on how long the Bills play their starters too, you got to kind of see if they'll play ball a little bit. But he's yeah. probably going to get out there at some point against starting caliber players, at least mostly. And if he does what he did last week in any capacity, this guy's going to play a lot of snaps on, on defense this year. I really think so. Because, mm-hmm. like, the ability to – like, I think part of the reason why T.J. Watt and Highsmith have played so much, so many snaps so far the last couple of years – is because there's been nobody that the Steelers can go to other than Ingram for that brief period that they can say, okay, we can take one of these guys off the field and not be in a lot of trouble, right? So I, yeah. I, I understand that. Like as much as we harp on like the edge depth and like, oh, they need to get these guys a break, who are you going to take out and who are you going to put in, right, the last couple of years? Yep, that's if, been the problem. Yeah, if Herbert can give them a reason to say, oh, we can take – and Golden too, but like if they can mm-hmm. give him a reason or give them a reason to say, hey, you know, we can take T.J. Watt off the field a couple snaps, you can take Highsmith off the field a couple snaps, give them a break. They're going to do it, I think so. And I think Herbig will be that guy if he continues to play like he has. Yeah, and one more thing I'll say on Nick Herbig real quick here. During that first preseason game, and this is also evident at training camp as well, yeah. Herbig is heads and shoulders above Quincy Roche, above David yes. Rallis. <laughs> right now, I mean, especially, yeah. It's it's really not close between them. And as many snaps, Perales and, and Roche combined, combined to play 89 defensive snaps uh, in this first preseason game. And yet their impact was very minimal. Herbert goes yeah. out there for 13 snaps and gets a sack and a half and an additional pressure after that two stops against the run. I'm like, this guy's all over the field and yeah. these other guys, not so much. So the gap right now is wide. It's kind of like the one we're talking about between Anthony McFarlane and running back four right, right now. It's, it's very similar with what we have going on with Nick Herbig. And this isn't counting Marcus Golden because Golden right. is a veteran playing very limited. Right. I'm interested to see how that ends up shaping out this season though. Shane's like maybe Golden will be the guy that, that starts at the beginning as the first guy, first edge player off the bench in the rotation. And it might not take long at this rate before uh, Herbig inserts himself as that guy. So that'll be interesting yeah. to watch. We'll see. 
Uh, let's talk about Calvin Austin here. Again, another guy we would love nothing more than to see another one of these nearly 100-yard performances, the, the huge touchdown pass. We can't expect the same type of thing to happen this week, Shane. But a couple explosive plays, I mean, one here and there, I mean, it'll get the Steelers thinking, like, should this is a guy, maybe we should have him on the field more often than not. I mean, maybe he's a guy that can overtake like an Allen Robinson role earlier than anticipated because there's a lot of upside with a guy that can just can take the ball the distance from at any point in the field. Obviously, Robinson is not that guy at this stage in his career at all. I mean, he, he was never really that type of run after the catch player. Right. He is going to be that he's the, the, the sure handed slot receiver body catch or, or, or body possession type of receiver. Who's not going to do a ton after the catch, probably like the, the seven and a half to 10 yards per catch range. Austin offers something very, very different with a lot more explosive play upside. Can he carve into that role uh, early on? And they, they obviously these are two different players. They do two different things, but is 11 personnel going to be best with Calvin Austin on the field? That's what we want to see. Yeah, I think what I'm hoping he does in this game is continue to show that his skill set is not only so different from everybody else's, but it's one that is too valuable not to keep like not to keep on the mm -hmm. field a lot of the time. And it, ultimately, I still think, especially to start the year, kind of no matter what he does, he's going to be essentially the primary backup for the Z spot and the slot spot. Like I think that he's going to be the fourth, obviously fourth receiver, the first guy off the bench, pretty much regardless of who comes off the field. And I think as long as he's that role, it's going to be a higher volume role than it's been in the past because he offers more than the fourth receivers offered the last couple of years. But more importantly, yeah. like just having him on the field, it makes defenses have to think about it. Like right mm -hmm. now, when, when we line up with our starting three receivers, like, they know, okay, like, okay, Deontay's the guy that's going to probably get open because he's going to separate from whoever we put across from him. It's just kind of what it is. Hopefully it's a five-yard slant. Pickens is, you know, you just got to hope they don't throw him the ball 20 yards down the field because if they do, you know, we're just going to have to hope for the best. And then Robinson is the possession guy, right? Like that's, that's kind of what it is. If Austin's out there, they have to know where he is at all times because if they let him get behind him, if there's one false step, like we've we've seen it in yeah. practice, like even a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick, like I, I saw the other day, a clip of like he made one step up towards the box and Austin went past to him in the corner and there's no mm -hmm. hope of recovering. Like it's just not going to happen. Defenses know if defenses know like, okay, we cannot let this guy get a step on our last defender. Cause if, the, if he does, it's over. It affects how they play. It affects how aggressive they can be. Right. Like that's something that I think is valuable to this offense, especially that doesn't really create a lot of big plays naturally, at least making the defense think that there might be a big play opportunity can hopefully open up some of the stuff that they're going to want to do anyway. So that's really the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I think. yeah, for sure. And I think ideally Shane, in this, in this perfect situation, you've got a trio receivers that each offer a unique niche to their yes, game. Completely like different Deontay players. can get open at will George Pickens can, can, can rise up and catch the ball over anybody. And then if Calvin Austin can be the guy that can, is the huge yak guy on yes. the team. Threaten like that would be awesome. Is, get, yeah. get him in a drag, get him in a quick slant. Just lead him out in space because honestly, I went back and watched the, the all 22. There was room for an even bigger game from, from Calvin oh, yeah, Austin, even though sure. he had, he had nearly a hundred scrimmage yards already. But if you go back and look at that game, I mean, there was one where it was a uh, Trubisky, I believe that missed him on a deep post. He was wide open across the middle of the field and you'd put the ball anywhere out there in space. He's got room to do, get a lot of yards after the catch on that play too. And so he's going to be able to do that kind of stuff. Like if, if you're, if you're not going to stay disciplined with him, yeah, uh, you're going to have to, I mean, you're, you could be in trouble there because he is so explosive after the catch. I mean, there's a reason this guy ran a four, three, two, he had a, he had an 11 foot three broad jump. Like he's insanely explosive. And so, and when, even when it comes to like the jet sweeps, Shane teams have to stay so disciplined. Now, when you have a guy that's this fast, you could see how easily he picked up like 11 yards, a chunk yeah. on those he jet sweep plays and the safety is yeah it was to come down it's gonna be bad for you yeah you, you've got to stay so uh, disciplined now and i think it's gonna help out the running backs that are just even having the threat of mm -hmm. that that play taking it around the edge like that and so interested to see what he offers in the second preseason game keep an eye on him and we got one more listed here shane and again one more time if, if you are still with us if you have have uh if you'd like to chime in with any other questions or thoughts on the upcoming game that you'd like to share please do that now i uh, i have broderick jones versus Dan Moore Jr. The race right now, I feel like it's, it's close enough, Shane, where we can start talking about it a little bit to say, I mean, who's going to, who's this ultimately going to belong to? I still think that obviously we have to say that 
that the veteran has the leg up right now. I mean, Broderick was playing late into the game. Not that that's a bad thing. You want him to get as many reps as humanly possible during the preseason, because especially if he's not starting the year out, he's going to go back to, to sitting on the bench and just learning with a clipboard instead of being out there. So you want him to get all the reps he can. I would expect, uh, again, these last two games, Broderick still to get a lot of reps uh, at the left tackle position there. But I'm, what I'm most interested to see now, Shane, is, is can they kind of flip roles here a little bit and say, yeah, Jones, you're kind of looking like maybe the better player in this game. So is it going to be close enough where that's the case? Is it still going to be Dan Moore? Yeah, you still look like the the 1A, and then Broderick, you, you look, clearly look like the backup at this point in time. And the other thing, Shane, it, that not a lot of people are talking about right now, I thought Okorafor had a horrendous game. I know it was only 10 snaps, but boy, the guy had a few really, really ugly reps, and he got picket hit on one of them as well. Is it a situation where we can start talking like, hey, maybe Broderick should go out there sooner rather than later? And maybe the, the the competition should be over at right tackle instead of left tackle. Maybe I know Dan Moore, you haven't played there all through Texas A&M and even till today, other than what you've the snaps that you've got in this year's training camp. But maybe the competition should be over there and not at left tackle. I mean, I, I certainly think we're just using a very, very small sample size in that first preseason game. Broderick was clearly better than Okorafor, even with the penalty that also had the, the a sack allowed on that play. That wasn't all, all his fault on that play. Tanner Morgan rolled out to his left when he could have stayed in a clean pocket. And so um, that's, I mean, if you watch the all 22 on that play, you can see that it's not just him grade wise. I mean, you're talking like a 66 grade for Broderick compared with 38 grade for a core four last week. It wasn't very promising at all. Uh, and again, this is guy is going a core four is going into year six. We know what we have in this guy. If he's not showing the improvement he needs to show to make sure this line is improved and make sure Pickett doesn't get killed, then maybe the competition should be over there. What do you think, Shane? So I think at this point, Broderick has been basically exactly what I thought he would be, where I think he is a pro-ready run blocker and a pass blocker that probably shouldn't play yet. And I yeah. think that the problem with it, right, is – if you move more to right tackle, which I think is eventually going to happen, whether it's this year, next year, or whatever, I think it's going to end up being the case. Mm -hmm. Like I think core four is going to be gone after this year, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. What you know, unless he really plays really well in the regular season and they can justify keeping him for the rest of his contract, mm -hmm. but it, that's going to happen. I think Broderick has to is as much as he wasn't awful by any means in the preseason game. The reps I've seen of him in training camp have been pretty rough. Granted, we're we're dealing with really impressive pass rushers, including Nick Herbig, who is really impressed. So it's it's not exactly easy for mm -hmm. him out there. And none of the tackles have been particularly great. But yeah. I think as a pass blocker, he still has a lot of deficiencies that I think against, especially certain matchups, will get him beat pretty consistently. And I think that until some of that is cleaned up a little bit, I'd rather let the veterans go out there and just kind of keep a stability about this offensive line sure. and then allow Jones to actually not just earn it, but give him the opportunity to clean up some of that stuff before inserting him into the lineup. But mm -hmm. like you said, if a core four is really truly bad, now granted this is, you said 10 snaps is bad, bad opening game for him. If he is, if he's close to that bad for multiple games into this season, it's going to, I think they're going to pretty much have to do that, right? Like it's going to come down to like, you can't let him go out there and keep getting killed. So what do you do? Like, what's the solution? I think that would be the solution is you move more to right tackle. Like it seems they're interested in doing anyway. And you let Jones go out there and take his lumps and you hope that Kenny can kind of just make it work. And, mm -hmm. and luckily because we have a quarterback that isn't a statue anymore, right? Like when Ben was playing still, like you could not afford a player like Jones to go out there because mm -hmm. he is going to get beat sometimes. With, with Pickett, you have an opportunity to allow him to take his lumps without it necessarily derailing the entire offense because he can make plays with his legs. So hopefully, you know, as long as they can work that out and it's not a huge liability, we could see that happen as soon as, you know, maybe even a few mm -hmm. games into the season, if not midway. Yeah, and priority number one needs to be how can we protect Pickett to the best of our ability? Right, exactly. Uh, I yeah. think they're, they're obviously going to prioritize that rather than how can we get our young guys on the field, right? Yes, so it's, absolutely. It's, so in, and, and that's the, that's the right approach to take because you don't want to ruin Pickett's confidence early in the season no. or, or get him hit. I mean, the guy had two concussions last year, right. so right. that's, yeah. it's really important to, to keep him protected moving forward. Uh, yes. Kukorfor had a rough game. Now, if he repeats that, then there's re cause for concern. Let's, let's say he goes from playing 10 snaps to playing 30 snaps and he's still, in this game and he still looks, it still looks that bad. Yeah. Then you got to start talking. I really think you need yeah. to start talking at that point because the competition is all close enough. I mean, these, these two, three guys in camp are close enough that you should be able to say what's best for us here. 
Right. And we know that Broderick is going to be the guy at some Eventually. point early in his career. Yeah. So it, should you delay the inevitable or should you get your best unit out on the field right there? It's hard to even say what that is, Shane, honestly. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I've said this a couple of times before. I think maybe the answer is for the future, at least maybe they only have one tackle. Maybe Broderick's that only tackle for the future. And maybe these guys are best as swing players and they still need like a genuine right, right. tackle at that spot to, to fill the void long term. Uh, you would love to be able for that guy to be Dan Moore, who still has two years left on a on a rookie deal and, and has some traits to work with there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's going to be a core for at this stage in his career and, and from the little progress that we've seen over him in recent years. But you never know. And so uh, I think that obviously Tomlin, knowing Tomlin and, and the mindset that, that Pat Meyer is going to have, you're just going to get your five best players out on the field, yeah. the ones whoever that, that have the most faith in. Yeah, whoever that happens yep. to be. So it's likely that they go into the season with Dan Moore's left tackle, a core for his right. And they might not make that switch until somebody starts struggling at which point right. they could look to do that. So uh, keep an eye on that though, because the tackle battle is really interesting. I mean, you've got the 14th overall pick. We know he's going to uh, Broderick is going to be that guy sooner rather than later. And so just depend on how soon, just uh, keep an eye on the left tackle battle as We watch this bills game. Uh, and if you think of anything else later on, go and drop it uh, in the in the chat of this video, and we will uh, we will kind of get to those questions. We're here every Wednesday, so please yes. make sure that you come with us. It's going to be a really exciting season. Shane and I are hoping to add another show as well once per week, and so uh, make sure if you're not following, please hit that subscribe button for us. Thank you for joining us today on the show. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the Still Curtain Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain Podcast. And thank you for listening to the Still Curtain Podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.